actually call myself a coffee doctor. So if pain persists, please see your brewster and have another short break. <laughs> You know, we had country dances where I grew up every yeah. Saturday night. I mean, blokes just stood around the doors, you know, but the, I mean, some of the most courageous things I've ever done, never mind crossing deserts with bloody camels, just walking across a, a desert of a dance floor and <laughs> asking, asking a girl, girl for a dance and, and you get knocked back. Getting a knockback, yeah. <laughs> I used to listen to your show all the time, you know. Loved it. What? <laughs> what? And, and what? what happened? I milk cows. Yeah, my cows don't like it. <laughs> Hopping it a bit, mate. Got diagnosed prostate cancer a couple of months ago and had the prostate out on Friday and just gone down there. How are you travelling? Been tough? It is tough, mate. I've always said it's not cancer that kills you, it's fine out you got it. Finding out you got it. Good morning. They get up early to train their paces. They're travelling to unusual places. They're laying optic fibre across the paddock. In wangi wangi wak wak woi woi jin jin bet bet kin kin kilkoi, it's really twice the program on Sunday morning. Oh, good morning, Macca. This is Mary Ann's here. I'm ringing from Colburn Hotel. The pub was closed within a few hours of notice a couple of weeks ago. Mm, yep. And all the staff left, but we were left with a pub full of food and beer. So we've cooked up all the food and been running a takeaway service once or twice a week between five and seven. And mm. we're giving the jugs of beer, the beer away for free in jugs. People drive through, bring a jug. I don't, think, wife... that's, I don't think that's legal, is it? <laughs> well, the wives are on the wheel and the husband's in the front seat. Yeah, we're the, the beer with no pub. Cool. And we just can't let it go to waste. Lee just said that to me the other day. She says, what happens to the beer? And I said, well, if the beer's in a keg, it's fine. But if the keg's been tapped, I'm not sure. It goes to waste, I suppose, does it? Yeah, it goes to waste. The kegs actually do expire as well. But everyone, true on his spirit, is helping out and everyone's happy. So every cloud has a silver lining. We're all devastated by the impact of another hit to everyone, especially to country areas, but at least the Aussie spirit is seeing the funny side of a very sad situation. It's been wonderful to see just how it's bringing so many people together. It's a big reality check that we didn't need, but we're getting. Wait all week for Macca on a Sunday morning. A wedge tail soars than a carbo range. The weather's harsh, not much change. And all around there's drought, the red marauder. In Cooktown, Narragin and Breezer, from Deloraine to Ebenezer, they're dialing up Australia on a Sunday morning. I start my week with Macca on a Sunday morning. Uh, good morning, Colburn Abbott, and good morning to you wherever you are around Australia. Our number's 1300 700 love to talk to you wherever you are. The most courageous thing he's done is walk across a dance floor and ask. It is. It's like that. If you remember when you were 17 or 18, you know, I do. Dear, oh dear, I do. I do, I do, I do. Uh, as I said, this came in from Jan. Jan Riley, she said, dash this off in support of our local IGA workers as our supplies are sourced via Adelaide. Um Many um, many rural communities have also been carrying the load for many travellers. Well done to everyone. Uh, gratitude to the ABC, says Jen Riley. She's in Corn. She's written a little poem called Make It Easy for those people. They're like frontline workers, aren't they? They've got to do it. Keep a little far away, but don't forget to smile. Ease the pressure on this team. Appreciate their style. Burdens that you may not know plague them every day. They dream each night of stacking shelves their rest long gone astray on top of this they all belong to families here and there so give a thought to all around treat everyone with care 
Empathy is rich as gold, so show you have this gift to smile and nod when on the move and give our world a lift. Says Jan. That's lovely, Jan. Thank you. Um, Marilyn Wilson says, This is my first ever Gmail, but I couldn't find all your dots. <laughs> and she says, The temperature of the water at Shipstern, that's Shipstern's bluff, that's where the huge waves are, is 14 degrees. Marilyn's at Eagle Hawk Nick. There you go. Um, I thought you might like this. We, from time to time, we have um, uh, Ujuru of the New Knuckle Tribe, the late Kath Walker. Have a listen to this. Let no one say the past is dead. The past is all about us and within. Haunted by tribal memories, I know this little now, this accidental present, is not the all of me whose long making is so much of the past. Tonight here in suburbia, as I sit in easy chair before electric heater, warmed by the red glow, I fall into dream. I'm away at the campfire in the bush among my own people. Sitting on the ground, no walls about me, the stars over me, the tall surrounding trees that stir in the wind, making their own music, soft cries of the night coming to us there, where we are one with all old nature's lives, known and unknown, in scenes where we belong but have now forsaken. Deep chair and electric radiator are but since yesterday. But a thousand, thousand campfires in the forest are in my blood. Let none tell me the past is wholly gone. Now is so small a part of time, so small a part of all the race years that have moulded me. How about that? It's called The Past. It's Kath Walker, Ujuru of the Nunakal tribe. It's called The Past. You'll find that in your library in a book. Uh, these are letters following our reading of Chloe Muller's uh, letter last week. Julie Hartwell says, Macra, I went to an all-girls high school in Bendigo in the early 60s and our home sports teams all had famous women's names, Chisholm, Bates, Bronte and Nightingale. I loved that letter from Chloe. I read a bit about Daisy. She was amazing. Uh, Phil says, just heard the letter about Daisy Bates and letter writing. Got me thinking. Our grandchildren live three hours away. We most likely won't see them for months and are really missing them. I think we'll start writing them letters each week. What a great idea for all grandparents everywhere. And our little ones will receive mail and a written letter. The other thing too, Phil, is to get them to write letters because there's not only is there an art to write, it's just forming sentences and all for the little kids, for nine, ten-year-olds, seven or eight, some are better than others. It's a great exercise, a great exercise. Derek says, that letter was beautiful to hear. I often grade the access road between Uldee and Barton along the access. Great work, says Derek. Derek, we should bump in here sometime. Uh, Jan O'Dwyer says, I often, I hear you lament the lost art of letters. I'm not sure younger people are writing poetry, recording ideas, keeping journals of people's lives, writing books, sending letters as emails. They are now locked into hard drive on a computer, laptop, tablets, phones. It cannot be stumbled over when you die or found by a curious person going through your paperwork. That's the change. People are still the same. We just need to take the time to go through people's hard drives (laughs) when they pass. (laughs) I love the changes in the world, says Joan, who's 62, from the Yarra Valley. Good afternoon, Joan. <laughs> yeah, you go through the hard drives. <laughs> That'd be fun. Nina, Nina Ambrose says, Good morning, I'm off to work soon, but thank you for the beautifully lyrical and evocative letter of Chloe Muller. If we're all such writers, it made me happy. Thank you, Chloe. Thank you, Macca. 
says Nina. And finally, listening to you in the shed, says Paul, while welding my shelves. Great feeling being creative. It is. It is, Paul. G'day, this is Macca. G'day, Macca. It's Stuart here from uh, Lake Macquarie. How are you? Good, thanks, Stuart. Good. Um, I, you may remember, I possibly not, that I called you two years ago from Stoll. Um, I was living in Cairns at the time and uh, a couple of athletes down. And so uh, it's great. It's the first time I was, I've been there and it's such a fantastic event. It really is. It's awesome. And it's supposed to be on this weekend, but of course, because of COVID-19, it's, it's not on. It's so. not on. Yeah, exactly. I was it's just thinking about that when I, I found that uh, song the other day, just called The Gift. Yeah. Stuart, you're, you're from Scotland, right? Um, how did you know that? Yes, yeah, I'm yeah. from Scotland. Just every time I open my mouth, that just gives the game away. And, um, and so I, I suppose it's a big. It means everywhere you look now, things are closed down. You know, nothing's yeah. and the store gift's just one of those. But um, yes, you went down two years ago. Yes, I did. Um, I took two lads, as I said, from Cairns the first time, and they were completely blown away by the whole thing. As I was, everyone was so friendly. The officials were friendly very professionally organised and, you know, I'd urge anyone who hasn't been uh, to go because it's just awesome just to go and watch. And I was booked in this year. I don't have any athletes at the moment. I've got some young ones. I'm coaching. They're too young. Uh But, you know, uh, I was going to go anyway just to watch because it's just just a great weekend. It really is. It's fantastic. Yeah, there's the calling of the card on Friday night. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. can you coach? Can you coach people to run fast? I remember talking yeah. when on the passing of Betty Cuthbert. I don't know if you know Betty Cuthbert. She's a yes, I know a, of her. Yes, a, Australian heroine. Um, yes, and she won a couple much. of medals at uh, at fifty six, and then she won yes. the four hundred meters. She was a great girl. But I, when she, on a passing, people came to um, you know honour her. They had a thing at the Sydney Cricket Ground, and uh, mm. and I met this lady who who used to run with Betty at one of the clubs. She wasn't a, an Australian runner, but she was just a, yeah. a runner. She liked running. And yes. she said she, she said to a coach one day, she says, why can't I run as far? Why can't I run as fast as Betty? I mean, she said, I'll put my feet down and I go. She said, but I just <laughs> can you, yeah, yeah. you obviously can't train people. There's, you've, everybody's got a certain, and that's it. Well, well, but what we say in coaching is be as good as you can be, you know. Um, you know, if you, if you were better today than you were yesterday, um, then you've, you've, you've kind of won a bit. You know, you've improved yourself. You've got your personal best. I mean, it's a shame that, that you just look at winning only. It's, it's actually about, about self-improvement. So the beauty about track and field is that, you know, you can enter a race, you can make a final, you can come last in the final, but you can beat people you haven't beaten before. You can do a faster time than you've ever done before. So it's not all... It's not all doom and gloom just because <laughs> you don't fuck them first, you know. Talking about Betty Cuthbert, I, I believe her time in the 100 metres was 11, 11.1 something. Yeah. But that was done on a thunder track. So her time, her time today would have been under 11 seconds for, for the 100, you know, on a synthetic track. And that you know, was she's that, an incredible athlete. Seven, oh, se- Seventy years ago, and she wasn't, you know, wasn't yeah. having, didn't have dietitians and all those sort of things, oh, and, the, and the no. and the and the modern training methods and stuff. So, yeah, Baka, the real the real reason I called you was there's, there's been a study come out of um, a Dutch a Dutch and Belgian study um, about exercising during uh, COVID nineteen, and uh, it basically says that that if you're out running. Uh, jogging or biking, you've got to keep dis- different physical distances from everybody else because of 
of of the way that that with the with the, the the air which flows behind somebody when they're running. So if you're walking, uh, the distance that they've they've found on this study is about four to five meters. If you're out walking for fitness, uh, you have to be about four to five meters behind somebody because that the droplets don't drop down until about four or five meters. And then when you're running or slow biking, the distance the physical distance is ten. Uh, and then running, going fairly fast on your bike, it's at least 20 meters. You have to be behind somebody uh, as a safe distance, a safe physical distance. And then when you're overtaking on a bike, you've got to you've got to allow 20 meters. So this is a study come out of, uh, as I say, it's a, a joint Dutch and Belgian study by a professor Bert Brochen. Um, and you know, I think I think it's something that maybe people should be aware of because you know I've been seeing on the TV. Lots of people out running, and, and it's almost like a park run <laughs> as everyone's out running and walking, right. and that, which, is, which is great, you know. But I think we just have to bear in mind that the, the physical distances, distances that you have to be are actually different to standing around in, a, in an indoor area where there's no wind and, and whatever. So, you know, it's just, I just thought I'd just highlight that so people know, uh, know about this, they're aware of this. I think it's a great point, Stuart. Tell me this: you're in Lake Macquarie, right? Yes. And 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 so, what do you? Are you a full time um, uh, running coach, or do you do other things? What do you do? Yeah, I, I'm a, I've always been a coach. I'm a professional coach, but uh, in the last year, myself and my business partner in New Zealand, we started a, a business. Mm. Uh, we started a company, um, and um, I'll probably not be able to give you the name of it. But uh, we sell we sell hockey equipment. We're trying to sell hockey equipment. All oh, right. Um, so, but nobody's buying hockey equipment. They don't need hockey equipment. <laughs> nobody's no buying. No, nothing. Well, they're buying toilet rolls, but they're not. Buying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got toilet roll here for the first time. I got toilet roll here last week for the first time. Thank goodness, because they were really running low. <laughs> it is. It is so bizarre, isn't it? It's, it is. It's crazy. It's just silly. So are you, you know, are you going to go to the store gift again, or did was that just yes. a one-off, or what? No, I'll book. I'll book in for next year. Yeah, I'll be booking in for next year. I'd like to go again next year. I, you yeah. know, sometime. Well, you know, when you're it's locked awesome. down, you you want to go anywhere. But um, yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a lovely it's a lovely time, and people from all over the place. There was so crackpots, yeah. people in dressing gowns, and there was right. there's a bloke with um uh, only one leg and uh, all sorts of things. Now, yeah. running, it's just it's it's always you know I'm like the girl who used to look at Betty Cuthbert and say, why can't yeah. I run that fast? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it's um, it's amazing. It's, it's, a, it's a terrific sport. You know, I, I've got athletes in, in New Zealand who I'm coaching by correspondence. And she goes out and runs with her with her, her husband. Mm. She does sprinting and she, she can do it on her own. So, you know, there's nothing to stop you under the current rules to go down to the park, the local park, with your, with your partner or with your, with, your, with your parents if you're young, and you can just sprint. You know, you can run fast, and it's a it's a good way to lose weight because you don't it doesn't trigger the the hunger, the hunger element in your in your body when you're finished after a ten k run. You're hungry, but after a sprinting session, you're not hungry, so you don't put on weight. So uh-huh. it's a great way to to stay in stay in good shape. Do some sprinting, you know, and you can do it at the moment under the current guidelines. You can still sprint, you know. It's, a great activity, sprinting. <laughs> Stuart, you're full of full of wonderful little um, anecdotes and little tips oh, for I've the rest of them. us. Yeah, I've got lots of them. I've got, I used to I used to I coached the top, the athletes who won the gift the big gift in Edinburgh because the second largest gift in the world. Right. Um, and he was the first hurdler to win 
the gift. And he ran a time equivalent of 10.5 for 100, but it was about two degrees above zero. You know, so I've got all these loads of stories about that and travels around the world. Do you run faster when it's colder, do you? No, you can't. It's impossible. You run slower when it's cold. And the the track is is hard, so it's it's slower. You know, a rubber track needs to be, uh, or or the the athlete needs needs an atmosphere of about 20, 25 degrees to run fast. Uh, And when it's so cold, that's one of the challenges is, is you have to know when the athlete's ready. We have certain indicators when it's freezing cold that, when the athlete's going to perform well or when they're going to not perform well. So, you know, um, it's keeping them warm and, and, and whatever, you know. So it's a, it's a different environment. Yeah. But, uh, but stalls, you know, stall and all the other guests down, down in Victoria, they're just awesome. You know, I, I take my hat off to the VAL. I really do. I think they're just a wonderful organisation who, yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's a great... Great, great product they have. Yeah, it's a great really tradition is. too in Australia. It um, is. It's good awesome. on you, Stuart. Great to talk, mate. Keep Thank in, you, Marco. Keep, You're doing a fantastic job. Love keep, your keep, show. Keep in touch. See ya. Will do. Mick's in Wentworth. Good morning, Mick. How you going? Good morning. Um, yeah, I was just going to give you a report on the Dale, and we went up um, a couple of days ago to a place called near Lauma, which is below Poonkerry, and the water's reached there. Um, it's running the river around about three metres in deep depth uh, uh-huh. um, and should join back with the with the proper river by, oh, probably by the end of the week anyway, yeah. which is at Ellsley, which is just above Wentworth, and the rivers will meet again. That's and I tell you what, it's it's glorious to see when you see that coming down there. Isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? I've, yeah. I've seen it twice in my lifetime. I went up a few years ago, about 10 years ago, and I've seen it. But this time, because we had the rain the other week, um, the water's running over the top rather than going into all the cracks and crevices down in the bottom of the river. And um, oh, you nearly got to run with it. That's how fast it's coming down. And, um, <laughs> oh, it's just... Heaven. I sat on the side of the bank there the other day and I thought, Jesus, back in the paddle boat days, they would have been just stuck there yeah. waiting for this to come. Yep. And here she comes. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it really, really excited me, I tell you. Yeah, well, when they had those really big floods, apparently, in the, back in the, uh, you know, around the turn of the century, uh, often the paddle steamers would take off overland because there was so much water around. Yeah. And, and then. Uh, all of a sudden, the water would go down, and they were, they were stuck there. Um, and some yeah. of them stayed there, but some of them had to wait till the next big flood, and then they'd get, uh, you know, airborne, if you know what I mean, and off they'd go back to the river. But it's pretty hard to find the river there, you know, when you've got a big flood like that, which stretches over the, and and a paddle boat don't doesn't have much draft, so you could, you know, if you were not a a skilled uh, riverboat captain, you'd head off um, where you thought the Anna Branch was and next minute <laughs> you're in the middle of nowhere and the water goes down and you're stuck there. But uh, it's, a, it's a great sight. And because the Darling's been under the pressure for so long, um, it's just a, yeah. a lovely thing to see, Mick, isn't it? Well, no, another thing it does for the property owners because it becomes a fence. Like, can you imagine the trouble the property owners of all the sheep straying across to the other side? Yeah. And while we were sitting there the other night, uh, we had a little fire going. I said, he said, see all those sheep going that way? He said, they're not my sheep. They're all from the other side. So when we have a muster, they've got to be all put back in. He'll have to come all the way around here, get them, and take them back over his side now because he can't go across the water. <laughs> Where, whereabouts was that? Um, it's Laumer. It's about 70 k's uh, north of Wentworth. Uh-huh. Yeah, so 
there'll be some happy smiles when it hits down here and change, it'll change the colour of the water. The water in Wentworth at the moment sort of got that little green tinge to it because we had an algae bloom, but when it hits that, she'll stir that up, I can tell you, because it's a very browny, very browny colour. Mick, thanks for the report. I always uh, value reports, and everybody listening around Australia would be smiling hearing what you're saying. But it's lovely. Yeah, well, I hope they are, because oh, i tell you what, it really, really lit me up, especially with uh, all the stuff that's happening around t- uh, the world at the moment. You I'll, know? I'll say. So I, I love your show, Mac. I listen to it every, every Sunday morning. Good on you, mate. See you, mate. See you, mate. Bye. This is Cole. And from Greystains, uh, I've got a good news story for Easter. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm 85, my wife's 82, and we've been isolated for, this is our fourth week, and uh, we had no Easter eggs or anything. And this morning my wife thought she saw the newspaper out near the post box, so she went out there, and here are two large rabbits, chocolate rabbits, one pink and one blue. <laughs> Somebody left them there. Somebody, I don't know who's left them there, a neighbour of somebody's left them there. Isn't that great? That's lovely. Absolutely that, fantastic. We're so chuffed. That sounds too big for you both to eat. I might come over after the program and just help well, you eat them. Yeah, well, well Macca, it would be a, a caring job. So we're in Sydney, in Greystains, so you can come over uh, under the rules and help us out, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Colin, how are you coping? You, cope, you sound like you're coping well. Uh, yes, the neighbours have been terrific looking after us and the chemist has been delivering our, our stuff. Our main problem at the moment is we've run out of money in, in the sense of cash on hand to pay the neighbours. And so how do we get up to the bank and get some money? I mean, that's a real problem now. Well, somebody's heard you now. They'll probably, you'll probably go at the post box now. There'll be, you know, 50 bucks on the, <laughs> in the post box. <laughs> yeah. Good on you, Colin. Okay, Macca, bye. Good luck. Hey, Macca, it's Wayne and Bev, and we're now off the Coral Princess and back in Australia. (laughs) Oh, well, that's the end of a good story. And you're isolating or something, I suppose, are you, Wayne and Bev? Yeah, that's correct. Um, We got uh, notified that we're on a to be evacuated uh, the next morning, and we flew on a charter flight to San Francisco. Um, in San Francisco, we met up with the Aussies on board the that came off the Zandan and the Rotterdam, and uh, 260 Australians flew to Australia on a chartered United Airlines flight that was manned by uh, management volunteers from United. So we ended up with two Czech pilots and the uh, United uh, cabin steward trainers uh, looking after us, which was fantastic. And uh, we landed in Melbourne which was um, just a great place to be um, because it's Australia. So we're, we're in confinement now. Um, at the, the whole plane came into the Four Points Hotel at uh, Dockside. And, well, you know, it's, it's just great to be back in Australia and uh, the hotel's looking after us. And I really, we don't mind the quarantine market because it's the right thing for Australia and it's the right thing for us. Good on your way. Now, listen. Tell me this: Did did it? You have to pay for the um, the air trip, and how much did that cost you? No, um, the CDC actually, which is the um, communicable disease people in America, um, they laid down the law that says to the cruise company, 
if you are going to fly, if you are going to come into port, then everyone must leave the port via either limousine, which was for the locals, or hire car, or by charter flight. There was to be no, um, no one was to fly home via commercial means. So all of the passengers on board the ship were either taken to hospital, um, that those that were very sick, um, and since last week we've lost another person, unfortunately. And then we, uh, so Princess actually picked up the tab of all the, um, all the flights, but they had indicated to, to everyone on board that when we left Buenos Aires, that Princess will get us home. They will organise the flights. Um, the only change turned out that they had to do it. They had to do it via charter aircraft instead of um, commercial airlines. Any lessons you've learnt, Wayne and Bev? Uh, like, uh, how do you look back on that time? I mean, pretty scary. And I don't know. Did you leave after? Did you leave Australia after there was a a a, um, a call out that it would be a, a fairly dangerous to leave Australia, or you'd been overseas for a while, or what? We'd been overseas for a while. We we left on the twenty fourth of February. Um, we checked all of the websites, um, spoke to the government. Um, spoke to the travel agency, spoke to the operator of our land content in South America, and everyone gave the, the thumbs up. The only advisory we got from the Australian government was in Santiago that there was nightly riots by the students. And apart from that, everything was go and um, have a great time. And um, So how do you look back on it? Um, look, I think this is a pretty unique situation, Macca. Um, it's caught everyone off. It's caught everyone in the world by surprise. Yep. Um, I'm fairly optimistic. We will get over this. We will survive. I think we'll learn a lot of lessons from it. Would yep. I have done it again? Like if there was yep. another pandemic that looked like a pandemic coming, I probably wouldn't have. But, you know, yeah. The last pandemic was the... Um, Nineteen. The 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 uh, yeah, over a hundred years, years ago. ago. So it's not something that we're used to, Maka, and mm. yeah. it's caught the whole world blindsided. Look, it, 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 it's pretty gut wrenching, mate. I got to tell you, and um, I've got to say, listening to you on a Sunday morning was the absolute highlight for the last four <laughs> weeks, and um, because it brought a bit of home back to us. And um, I think that a lot of sanity come from just listening to you and all of your people from around Australia. Um, but it was fantastic. Well, Wayne and Bev, it's great to welcome you back to Australia. It must be a, a great relief. I, I, I couldn't stand it, um, I, you know, what you've been through. But, um, yeah, nice to be back in your in your own country. Um, as I've said, there's, there's no book on this and nobody's been used to this and it's uh, whoever you are, whether you're the uh, the prime minister or the health people, even though they know what to do, it, it's just it's there's no book on it. There's no book, and we're feeling our way. But if everybody plays their part, we'll get out. As you say, we'll get out of it, Wayne and Bev. But uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, thanks for ringing us every every um, every week. It's been it's been wonderful, and maybe we'll catch up when times get better and we can get round and see one another. We'll. We'll be in Melbourne, and you can come along and uh, yeah, come to an outside oh. broadcast or something. Hi there, Macca. Yeah, hopefully, we'll be back in Sydney, Macca. Oh. <laughs> so you're in Melbourne for 14 days, and then you're back in Sydney. Do you have to? You know, you don't have to isolate again, do you? No. 
No, I be, um, having checked all the website, we like we just have the normal isolation that is uh, occurring, you know, for work, shopping, chemists, doctors, etc. Um, and uh, we'll be very, very glad to be home and um, do that, Macca. But um, thanks again for your show, mate, because I tell you, it kept us very strong through a pretty rugged time. Good on you, Wayne. Good on you, Bev. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> and happy Easter, mate. Yeah, happy Easter to you too and everybody. Good on you. Our medical correspondent, Dr. Ross, is on the line. Good morning, Dr. Ross. Good morning, Mac. Good morning, Australia. You're in Bathurst. I am in Bathurst. Just fed the animals and Bit cool. you know, glorious sunshine. Bit cool. Not snowing there. No, it's not snowing. It's not, not cold enough to snow, but uh, yeah, it has been a cooler morning. But um, yeah, we're, we're lucky to live in the country we're in. I think uh, we're very blessed, not only with weather, but also with the, the people around us. I think Australians are pretty unique, and I got an interesting insight into life this week or the last couple of weeks. I always have come down on the younger generation as being too me to involve with themselves to give anything back to the community and uh, a few weeks well three weeks ago we put out a call to our medical students at western sydney for those who are interested to become uh, intern doctors prematurely before they graduate and uh, we put together a training course we thought we might get 50% might be interested. The, the rest would sort of hang back with a bit of anxiety. We got almost 100% interested. I mean, of my 16 students that I've got here in, in Bathurst, we uh, had all 16 turn up to the course. Um, and in a fortnight, we've tried to turn them into uh, very useful interns in the hospital system. And they all came through flying colours. And not one of them expressed any hesitation about going into what is potentially a very um, volatile and uh, liquid uh, medical situation. I was just blown away by the way that they've shown the enthusiasm they have. I take my hat off to them and uh, I'll rethink my me generation thoughts in the future. <laughs> I've, I've been thinking about, um, uh, you know, doctors and nurses and all the health workers in hospitals and things like that dealing with this. And, and it's not like, uh, well, different to fighting a bushfire. You can see the bushfire, but... This is an unseen thing and just must be very, very scary, but I suppose that's what you sign up for when you're a doctor or a nurse or whatever, but it still doesn't make it any easier, does it, Dr. Ross? No, and I, I went into maternity yesterday to see a lass, and uh, they've actually turned a, one of the labour suites into a COVID delivery room, and you know, it just pushes it home to you that it, it affects all ages. It, potentially, it's out there, and, and we need to respect it and I know there's an impatience to get back to normal life as we knew it, and I, I think uh, I understand that, but we've just got to be careful. We just don't want to try and unflatten the curve that we're establishing. No, I'll say, and that's all you can do, really. You can just follow the rules. Everybody's got to follow the rules, and hopefully we'll come out at the other. So I, I sometimes wonder how we're going to get out of it in, in terms of you know releasing the things and if you'll get back to things where you can go into a restaurant and have you know everyone around the place or you go to a football match, all those sort of things. I wonder how that's going to work, Dr Ross. Yeah, but I think this gives us a chance to think about what is really important in life. And uh, when you look at it, it's family, friends that really matter, mm. not the, the trappings of the restaurant and the, the big football matches, mm. just as much as I enjoy them too. But I think uh, family are the number one and uh, your friends number two. And uh, beyond that, it's all, it's all glitter. Exactly. 
Um, Dr. Ross, uh, nice to talk to you. Um, I think you're going. I think it's going to be a cold winter this year. I've just got a feeling. Yeah, we're, we're told that we're going to get snow down to 700 metres, which means we'll get a good dusting and uh, uh, it always refreshes the soil. <laughs> <laughs> good on you, Dr. Ross. Lovely to talk to you, mate. Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> It'll be the first time we get together. Good on you, mate. Okay, See bye. G'day, this is Macca. Good morning, Macca. G'day. David Foster, mate. Oh, g'day, David. How are you? Well, normally I'd be normally I'd be sitting on a train going to the Sydney show, or uh, that's where or, you... or actually actually speaking to you in the dressing room. So Easter Sunday is our little is our little chance to uh, chat. So I thought I'd I'm uh, here. I'm at home isolating in Devonport. Uh, first time away from Sydney's show since about 1977. Wow! So, uh, enjoying Easter at home, mate. Uh, we so miss the show, and I miss seeing all the axmen. How how's this uh, affecting the? What's well, like everything, I suppose. It's affecting uh, uh, wood chopping championships all over the place, isn't it? Yeah, well, the World Championships. The only time that has been stopped at the Sydney Show was, uh, I think, in the World War, uh, the, the the World War Two, and um, yeah, I just think the whole of Australia, mate. Uh, you, you can just imagine the. The amount of work that went into not only the wood chopping training for the world titles at Sydney, but you know, for the for, for, from the livestock to the to the chooks to the you know to the people with the with the horses. So um, um, you know, and, and all the people with the sideshows as, as well. So that yeah. so it's a massive uh, you know uh, I'm a massive uh, uh, change, I suppose. Yeah, and they sell the wool there. They have the the wool sales there for a couple of couple of days too, which is uh, really great. All the buyers from all over the world there buying um, all the fine wool and 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 everything else at at the show. And it's just, I I just was thinking that the other day, and because I was I was going to have a bet, and you can't have a bet anymore. And and <laughs> and I was just thinking, all the casinos are closed, and the clubs are closed, and the pubs are closed, and the tabs are closed, and things like the Royal Easter Show, which must turn over millions. This is a huge thing, Dave, isn't it? A huge thing, billions of dollars. Oh, it, it, um, it is as well, and and all the other all the other shows that sort of uh, you know that uh, that people go to as well. Uh, uh, you know, all the field days that we go to as well, and all the yeah, it, it's just a whole massive shock. It's something that it's something that even our grandparents have never experienced. Uh, um, and what a beautiful story that you, you hear some bad stories in this world, but you hear some good ones as well with the, with that with, with those elderly gentlemen and the two rabbits on the fence, the chocolate rabbits on the fence. Uh, you know that put a smile on my face this morning. <laughs> well, it's not people are great, uh, Dave, and you get to meet them here from all over the place doing yeah. all sorts of stuff, and you hear about the Darling River coming down and. And, uh, yeah, and that's everybody knows that's been dry for ages. And yeah, uh, Tim was in Melbourne who broke his leg in the surf for God's sake. He was walking out of the surf, and but anyway, he's giving blood today. So life sort of goes yep. on, David. It's a little different, but yeah, I I just miss seeing you. We always go and look, and we say, "There's yeah. there's David there with his axe, or talking to blokes, or talking to mentoring some young kids." It's uh, you miss that too, Dave. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's been part of my life. Uh... Um, it's been part of my life for, for virtually all my life. So, uh, uh, yeah, massive changes. Uh, but I think, 
I, I think Australia is going to come out of this, you know, and I think we're going to look at Australia completely different where uh, all of a sudden we're starting to look at some stuff that maybe we should be uh, producing some more stuff here and maybe we should be looking after Australia um, a little bit better than what we have done. And I think this maybe is a big culture shock that we've all uh, that we've got, and uh, and hopefully that we look at. I, all I know now is that I've been isolating in, and and I I just can't wait to get out and start <laughs> doing things again. And I think I, I think everybody's going to be like that as well. And it's really great to see all these people that's been on the cruise ship, and all they want to do is come back home, come home to Australia. And I think that's just fantastic. And as Doctor Ross just said, you know, it's. It's really, it's all about family, family and friends. Yeah. That's the most important yeah. things and all the glitter and gloss and glamour that can, you know, that can wait. But really, you get uh, you get back to basics and you see what life's all about. For most of us anyway, you see what life's, uh, what the important things in life are. Yeah, yeah, you kind of miss what we've, you, you, you do miss what you've had. And sometimes you get a little bit blasé, I think, about even just going down to the pub and having a beer, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> And uh, I might have done that a bit in my life as well. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have believed that, David. <laughs> All right, great, to, great to talk to you, mate. Um, you you yeah, can go yeah. out, go at the shed and sharpen your axe or something. I don't know what you do. Yeah, yes, I've cleaned the shed out. I've I've cleaned the shed out a couple of times now. And the wife and I have just bought a pair of scissors. All right, and we're going to cut the lawn with the scissors, Macca. So give us something to do at home. <laughs> Good on you, David. <laughs> Take care. All the very best, Australia, with Easter. Good on you, mate. See ya. See you, mate. G'day, Maka. It's Christina. I'm the two-sorry girl. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, look, Auntie just messaged me and said I had to ring you now. <laughs> Christina, look, I've just been going through, because we're COVID and we're isolating and, and I can't get out and talk to people, I was going, <laughs> going through my back page and I've got all my back pages of all from years ago. And yeah. I found I found your letter in 1990. It was so delightful, and I I loved as you printed it. And it's all this daggy printing all over the place. And then <laughs> then there's the word look. I had to look, and then the two O's you've written in little eyes, little eyelashes, and little eyebrows. And I just I'm going to oh. tell it to my little niece. It's just fantastic, Christina. <laughs> Tell me, you're an old woman now, aren't you, really? You were... Yeah, <laughs> I am. I'm 37. I've got eight or nine-month-old twins. Good on you. Um, my dad's a teacher and my mum's a teacher, and the reason they put gumboots all over the place and made me look for clues for the tooth fairy was because they wanted me to write more. I, I hated writing. Like, I loved reading, but I hated writing, so mm. they were like, Oh look, this happened! Now you get to write to Macca about it. <laughs> Isn't it? Well, it's, it's lovely, and that's what I think too. I, I'm going to try and I never get time. I was going to sit down and and write a letter to my little niece and and oh. little grandson because they're not good at writing. Um, for some reason, I don't know. They don't seem to be very good at writing, and I think that's a great way to to learn. To, and I said, look, why don't you write a, a letter to your friends because you haven't seen them from school and things like that? Write a letter. Yeah, and, but they can Skype now, can't they? But yeah. like, but I think right, a real purpose. Yeah, I think writing a letter to sit down and actually write it, and you can change it, and you can get. Yeah. I, I think it's a great thing to do. But I loved your letter, Christina. Oh, so, so what <laughs> thank you, you. I still what, remember it. What have you been doing these last thirty years? <laughs> Uh, I became a lawyer um, and then I didn't love that, but I love teaching. So I became a teacher and with COVID at the moment, I'm tutoring kids all over Australia using Zoom and stuff, uh-huh. um, getting them to write actually. 
<laughs> yeah, love it. Love teaching kids. Love um, reading and writing and. Yeah. I think it's lovely. You know, I was just saying because there's no Easter egg hunt and I thought what a great – because I'm just going through – look, when I go through the, the old programs, it's just fantastic, all the letters from people all over the place. And people used to write letters then, Christina. They don't tend to – they send me – they spill me off a, an email, quick smart or a text or something like that. But we yeah. don't, I don't know if it's because we don't have time or it's harder to write a letter, but – and I got you, and I said, "Isn't this a great thing to no Easter egg hunt? But you can have a tooth hunt round the house and go from room to room and follow the note. Now you have to go in the kitchen. Now you have to go in the yep. lounge room. Now you have to yep. go out in the garage." Yep. <laughs> and the lounge room was full of gumboots. Remember how you were doing the gumboot thing? Yeah, Dad yeah. filled like filled the lounge room with all the gumboots. I had to go through every stinky gumboot to find the twenty cents. <laughs> twenty. That's what I said. Twenty, 20 cents. cents. Kids, if you gave a kid twenty cents these days, they'd hand it back in disgust. Uh, they'd say until you, or they'd ask you what it was. Yeah, they'd say until you can come up with something better. You, yeah, I don't want to know you. That's what they'd say. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, yeah. you live in Ipswich now, Christina. You were in yeah. uh, Tassie, weren't you? Yeah, we moved back up north, and then I ended up marrying a bloke from Ipswich. So I live here with the dog and the twins and the and Dan. And yeah, he's a teacher. I'm a teacher. And. Well, well, Christina, it's lovely. It, it made my day when I found that, and I, it's just a lovely thing, and I'm going to pass it on to my, any little kids I know and Aww. families, they can do that. I think it's a lovely thing for kids to do, and, it, and it's just, just a fabulous thing, fabulous Aww. thing. Thanks, Mac. A happy Easter. Yeah. Look after yourself. Keep safe. Yeah, and we'll see you in Ipswich sometime, Christina. Good on you. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you in real life. Yeah, and you'll have to start listening again, Christina. I do. I will. Yes, yes. My auntie will tell me off. Okay. Good on you. See you later. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye. Uh, that's isn't that amazing? 1990. That was. She was seven years old, and she wrote this lovely little letter, printed it in pencil. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.